Broadcasting from London, Ontario, Canada to the rest of the world, it's Ask the Top. Thank you for tuning in to the latest edition of Ask the Top. And whether you're listening to this episode on ChrisTopLack.com, on TWM.news, on TheReactionRoom.com, iTunes, or even on one of the many podcast apps, I greatly appreciate your support. And speaking of support, you can actually like my Facebook fan page. It's very simple to find, Ask the Top. Also, I'm available on Twitter. That's where I'm most active. That's where I reply the most, at Chris Toplack. You can also find me on Instagram, Google+, Tumblr, and VK, Chris Toplack. I'm very easy to find. Also, of course, ChrisToplack.com. On this edition of the program, my reaction to the WWE Superstar Shakeup with full results, highlights from the week, The Undertaker, had many questions about him, Asuka, my favorite heels, past and present. Before I move forward, I want to talk about this crazy Uncle Hard root beer. All natural flavor. Craft soda for grown-ups. It's delicious. I do not know if it's available outside of the GTA area and even Ontario or Canada for that matter, but it's amazing. These have become the new craze. Basically soda that is spiked soda that is for grown-ups, the alcoholic beverages. Has a nice scent of vanilla. Ah, and a great. Oh, yeah. Taste of vanilla, too. I know it's a Wednesday, but it's been a long week already, so I deserve this bad boy. So, let's talk about the roster shakeup. It was rumored for weeks, finally transpired. What were your thoughts? Who got the better end of the stick? Was it raw? Was it SmackDown? I will give you my two cents in just a second. But let's talk about who switched sides. That's the big thing. So wrestlers who are now officially a part of the Raw roster due to the superstar shakeup. Apollo Crews kicked it off very quietly too. Miz and Maurice showed up pretending to be John Cena and Nikki Bella. Kind of threw everybody for a loop, but it was them. So they're officially a part of Team Red. Dean Ambrose, the IC champion. We'll talk about him shortly when it comes to news. Bray Wyatt, that was a shocker because it was rumored to be AJ Styles, but they went with Bray Wyatt instead. I'm actually completely okay with that. Would have rather seen him on SmackDown, but losing AJ Styles, he feels like that definitive Team Blue player, right? Kerr Hawkins is over there, even though he had to unfortunately job immediately to the big show. Kalisto, I'm assuming he might tie into... 205 Live. At least that would make sense on paper. He's Slater and Rhino, former tag team champions. This one was tough for me because I'm a huge fan of her on SmackDown. Alexa Bliss. She's actually part of one of my highlights from Rod, too. Diving right into the picture. Mickey James as well. And I'm going out on a limb to make an assumption here that Elias Sampson, a.k.a. The Drifter, will be a part of the Raw roster. Why? We've seen walking in the audience during Nia Jax in Charlotte, which, by the way, very dangerous match. If you missed it, this is definitely not a highlight from the week. It's a highlight the fact that Charlotte is feeling A-OK, or at least maybe she's doing her best to hide it. Basically got dropped on her head at one point for a botched 
shoulder break her. And then, of course, there was a moonsault that she hit. And basically, it was supposed to be Nia Jax catching her. Instead, (laughs) Nia Jax gets nailed in the face with both knees. It's not a pretty way to end a moonsault. But he actually strolled through during that match in the crowd. And then, of course, he made another appearance later on. So I'm assuming that he's going to be a part of the Raw roster. So Raw already has Roman Reigns, Seth Rollins, which, if you're doing your math, that means that the Shield is back together. They have to play up that angle at some point. Finn Balor, Brock Lesnar, who we'll see, what, once every three months? The Hardys, Braun Strowman, Chris Jericho, Bailey, Sasha Banks, The Revival, the entire Cruiserweight division. So Raw is doing quite well. If you were just judging this based on Raw, you'd be like, that's it? They cleaned up? How can SmackDown possibly catch up to Raw? Well, I do believe they did. So highlights, you know, here that we're going to look at in just a second, but let's take a look at actually highlights from Raw before we jump forward. Braun Strowman destroying Roman Reigns. I think Roman Reigns is officially in the die, Rocky, die territory because fans were literally chanting, you deserve it after Braun Strowman dismantled him. At one point, Roman Reigns was on a stretcher, pushed off. Braun Strowman even flipped the ambulance. I know it was ultra dramatic, but at the same time, impressive. They're building him like a legitimate monster and they're doing a damn good job of it. I buy into him. I will tell you from the get-go, I was hesitant to really get invested in Braun Strowman. I thought, okay, is he just another big guy? This body that's going to be thrown in there, he's not going to really do much. But man, he's impressed me. I have to eat crow. I was totally wrong. He's super athletic. He's getting in much better shape than he was even a year ago. He's making quite the impact on Raw. He's a main eventer waiting to happen. It's been a great feud for him. And he's almost the babyface in this feud. That's the bizarre part about it. Roman Reigns is literally getting booed at every turn. I loved seeing Alexa Bliss immediately insert herself into the women's title picture. Sasha Banks was out there. I was assuming she was going to cut a heel promo. All of a sudden, Alexa Bliss shows up, gets interesting. Mickey James shows up, gets even more interesting. So the women's division doing quite well. And of course, Dean Ambrose versus Kevin Owens. I felt personally that was one of their best matches they've had to date. So, moving forward, who is officially a part of the SmackDown Live roster due to the superstar shakeup? It's the Kevin Owens show now. Because Kevin Owens, the United States champion, is on Team Blue. Oh, I can't wait to look forward to talking smack every week with Kevin Owens. If you missed it this week, take a line from AJ Styles. He was phenomenal. Sami Zayn. Those two cannot seemingly escape each other. He is on Team Blue. The New Day. That's Xavier Woods, Big E, Kofi Kingston. The Shining Stars where hopefully they will have a chance to reinvent themselves. Because that was a very tired gimmick. Basically working for TripAdvisor on Raw. Ginger Mahal, who has put a lot of work into it. Rumors, of course, that he's on steroids. He says, I'm the hardest working guy in the gym and I've improved in the ring. One thing is for sure... I have witnessed the improvements in the ring. I'm impressed with them. Tamina, Charlotte, an amazing get. Rusev, Lana, and Sin Cara. So when you actually look at it side by side, 
I felt that it was almost even playing field there. Also keep in mind, this hasn't been talked about. Sheldon Benjamin is set to return anytime soon, and he was going to debut on SmackDown until I believe he had a rotator cuff injury, right? He had surgery, so he'll be back soon. So keep in mind, SmackDown already has AJ Styles, Nakamura, drop my phone, Randy Orton, John Cena, The Usos, Naomi, Nikki Bella, American Alpha, Ty Dillinger, and Luke Harper. So yes, Raw still has more star power, but I do believe SmackDown is truly the workers' show. So highlights aside from the shakeup on SmackDown, I felt the Usos versus American Alpha was a great match for the Tag Team Championships. AJ Styles versus Baron Corbin versus Sami Zayn was very intriguing. Neither um, Baron Corbin or Sami Zayn lost anything in that match because the phenomenal one came out on top. He's the number one contender to take on the winner of Chris Jericho versus Kevin Owens at WWE Payback. And I'm assuming all goes according to plan. Kevin Owens retains, goes up against AJ Styles, who when he came out was almost more of a babyface than he was a heel for the first time in a while. So that was uh, you know, a great couple of nights. My final thoughts... While Raw, again, clearly has the bigger names attached to the roster and a lot more depth, I felt the Superstar shakeup was actually, again, pretty evenly matched. But I want to know your thoughts. Let me know all over social media what you think about the Superstar shakeup. Let's talk about some of the news. Very unfortunate news, and this actually is coming out of Raw, that it looks like Finn Balor is injured with a concussion. That's what he suffered in his match during with uh, Jinder Mahal. So... If you actually looked closely, he had Matt burn on his forehead and nose, and many are questioning if he got legitimately knocked out or not. But it's a very, very tough subject in terms of concussions. They take this extremely seriously now, especially post-Chris Benoit, so you know they're not going to rush Finn Balor back to the ring. So he might have to take a couple weeks off, pass some tests, and finally be let back. But, I mean, he was off with a shoulder injury for a while. He lost a little bit of steam, lost some traction, debuts again on Raw, we buy into it, and all of a sudden, boom, another hurdle. So hopefully, he does get uh, you know, better and he recovers in a hurry. It appears as though Dean Ambrose and Renee Young, or Renee Paquette as I know her as, from her days on The Score in Canada, have gotten married. I read this on NoDQ.com that they were saying that a fan discovered a public record in a county in Nevada that actually revealed that they both got married and they filed for a marriage application back in October of 2016. So you can actually check that out there on NoDQ.com. And Renee Young actually said on her Twitter account, marriage is nice. Thanks for all the love. If you missed Talking Smack, it was actually Kevin Owens that congratulated Renee Young, but she would not allow him to finish. Basically, Kevin was going, what, you know, what are we, we're not allowed to talk about it? Are we not? She has a big ring on her finger, apparently, too. So congratulations going out to both of them. The JBL saga continues. Many are still claiming, of course, that he's bullying people on the roster, or at least he has in the past. Former WWE broadcaster Rich Brennan, he was actually on Under the Mat Radio he had some things to say, claiming that JBL was extremely difficult to work with, and many are also claiming that he's Vince's guy. Now, if you're not in the know, Marl Ranello, who is the former announcer on SmackDown Live, doesn't look like he's even going to come back to SmackDown. 
contract expires in August. And a lot of this stems from the bullying that he has faced from JBL. Now, Maranello has had a very public bout with bipolar disorder, but JBL certainly hasn't helped the cause. So with this anti-bullying campaign, Be a Star, I'm surprised they haven't acted on this. But again, if he's Vince's guy, don't expect anything to happen anytime soon. So many speaking out about that, and that's really the update in terms of what's happening in that situation. But let's get to your questions. That's what this show is all about. You ask questions. I answer them very honestly. Rudra via Google Plus is the dead man really retired? Listen, I cannot definitively say he's 100% retired, but all obvious signs point to yes. And I'm about 95% certain that he will never return. Another Undertaker question. It's from Believer via Google+. Reaction to Undertaker retiring. Also, does Baron Corbin need a push? Snuck that one in there. Witnessing the Undertaker retire was actually quite emotional for me. He's been a part of my life for over 25 years. Quarter of a century. So, it's very difficult to imagine wrestling without him, but I will move on. Life went on without watching Stone Cold Steve Austin on a weekly basis, and it will certainly go on without The Undertaker. That being said, I was glad to see him hang up the gloves as he's physically unable to compete at a high level anymore. It's painful to see. Now, the part that really got me the most was when he took off his gloves, took off his jacket, took off his hat, left him in the ring. He went down. Obviously, he went up to the ramp, put his arm up. It was very, very reminiscent of Terminator 2 with the thumbs up going you know, into that hot area. And of course, you know, he, that's the end of him. It was after the fact when, out of respect, purely out of respect, they left his gear in the middle of the ring as they were tearing down the ring and everybody had left the arena. That was the one that provided me with a lump in my throat. Prior to his loss against Ambrose, since we're on the topic of Baron Corbin at WrestleMania, I felt Baron Corbin was receiving a pretty solid push. That loss only set him back slightly, and I'm pretty confident his push is going to continue. You know what? He was in the main event on SmackDown. Whether he wins or loses, that's still a big plus for him. He's still new to the game. Jeremy via Twitter. I was going to say Google+, Plus, but it was via Twitter. Who asked JR, Jim Ross, to come back to WrestleMania for the Taker-Reigns match? So Jim Ross actually shed some light on this recently. He recently stated in an interview that it was The Undertaker's suggestion, very humbling, but of course Vince approves it. So here's exactly what JR had to say. I was told by others that Mark, Mark Calloway being The Undertaker, and Vince collaborated and they talked about it. Mark had a suggestion. Vince thought it was a great idea. Look, there's one captain of the ship, and I give Vince a hell of a lot of credit because if it wasn't for him facilitating it, it wouldn't have happened. I'm very grateful for both guys. It was quite the honor. JR also went on to say it was the greatest honor of his career. Despite everything that he's accomplished, this was the one. To be a part of Undertaker's last match at his request was the greatest honor he's ever had. And I would see nobody else more fitting to call the Undertaker's last match than Jim Ross. So, very happy that the dead man made that request. Joseph in quotations, Finn Balor guy, just to put that out there, Hopkins via Google+. Plus. Who do you think will defeat Asuka? Listen, I'm still confident it's going to be Ember Moon. And it's not really a matter of if, but a matter of when. 
did not occur at NXT TakeOver Orlando, which I did predict and I was wrong about. But there's nobody even remotely close to Asuka's level other than Ember Moon. So it has to be Ember Moon. Do you think it's going to be Liv Morgan? I don't think so. It's going to be Ember Moon. She's going to hit that corkscrew stunner. One, two, three in the middle of the ring. New NXT Women's Champion. Sir William White via Twitter. Your favorite heel wrestlers past and present. Past. Ooh, Mr. Perfect. Roddy Piper. If you have a list and don't mention Roddy Piper as one of the greatest heels of all time, you are out of your mind. Rick Rude. Jake Roberts. He was chilling. Randy Savage. Loved him as a heel. The Macho King. Kurt Angle. Nick Bockwinkle because he was so degrading. He used to talk over you. Bobby Heenan. Hollywood Hogan. Ted DiBiase, just to name a few. In terms of present, there's really a couple that stand out to me. Kevin Owens. He is on the ball. He is your prototypical heel. He does not want you to like him even though you want to respect him because he's so damn good in the ring and so damn good on the microphone. Samoa Joe, the destroyer. Seasoned veteran. He knows the game quite well. And I would have to say The Miz because he makes me legitimately dislike him. So clearly he's doing a fantastic job. I'm counting AJ Styles out. He's more of a tweener, even leaning towards babyface status at this point. So that's the only reason why he did not top the list. We have another question to really end off the show. It's Leslie via VK. It's the largest European social network. You talk about WrestleMania 31. Was WrestleMania 33 even better? I don't believe so. Now, if you've tuned into previous editions of the program, which I assume you have, and if you're a new listener, go back and listen to them all. But I really talk about WrestleMania 31, and I place it you know, at a high standard. I hold it in high regard because I felt it was just a great show that I came in with such low expectations. I was expecting... At the very most, something, you know, lukewarm. I thought, ah, you know, yeah, 6.5 out of 10. It wasn't that bad. But blew me away. I still believe that's perhaps the best WrestleMania of the past decade. So no, I would not play, place uh, WrestleMania 33 above that. There are too many great surprises at WrestleMania 31. Aside from the Hardys, of course, Taker retiring, and that opening match, AJ and Shane McMahon, I really can't put WrestleMania 33 at that level. I can definitely put it above WrestleMania 32, though, without question. So that will do it. I appreciate all your questions. I appreciate you tuning in to yet another edition of Ask the Top. If you would be so kind, like it, share it, retweet it, pass it along to friends and family, and anybody who's a wrestling fan, get them hooked and get them asking me questions all over social media. And until next time, happy trails to you. Until we meet again.